This episode is brought to you by Paul's Pool Cleaning Service. Paul's services the Denver metro area and Salt Lake City, Utah. His son, Raul, runs the Salt Lake City office, so at Paul's Pool Cleaning, it's all in the family. At Paul's, they go way beyond cleaning leaves and bugs, and they guarantee to get all period juice out of the pool. Have a house full of teenage girls? Have a wife with high flow? You can swim safely with Paul's Pool Cleaning Service. They use a unique technique called drain and refill, whereby they drain the entirety of the pool, they scrub all of the walls with a Clorox-like extract, and refill the pool with fresh water. At Paul's, no longer do you have to think, am I getting period juice in my mouth when I swim? Call Paul's Pool Cleaning Service, or in Utah, Raul's Pool Cleaning Service. It's all in the family at Paul's. Visit Paul and Raul Pools.com for more information. It's Seniors 94 with Matt and Lance. pool cleaning service wow a little nasty maybe sexist too but hey they support seniors 94 so who cares on this week's show a depressing news segment about male loneliness and languishing in the men's room matt and i explore friendship in middle age and then it's the open mic It's the MAM News and Trends by Seniors 94. Our top story comes from Desert News' Margaret Darby. Middle-aged men friendships are dwindling. In 1990, 3% of men reported having no friends. Today, 15% of men report having no friends. So why are men having a hard time making and keeping friends? One theory is that sustaining close relationships pulls men outside of gender norms. Men have a hard time expressing feelings and being vulnerable with other men. Friendships taper off for men around middle age, and they tend to be less connected as compared to women. Many guys will say they talk to their best friends every two or three years, and they just pick up where they left off. But two or three years is a long time. Matt, you and I hadn't talked much in 10 years before deciding to create Seniors 94. Why did you neglect our friendship all those years? Uh, Lance, I got to be honest with you. We've known each other for so long. We've seen each other through so many phases. And if I'm not wrong, that 2013-ish time was when you would not stop quoting L. Ron Hubbard. Like it really got annoying. It was just everything you tried to correlate to L. Ron Hubbard and what he would, how he would handle the situation. So I had to take a break. I've, uh, I've seen that you've come back to reality and I appreciate that. So now we can open up a little more. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the numbers in the article. 3% of men in 1990 reported having no friends. I think it's pretty obvious. Those are the dudes that committed real hard to those hypercolor shirts that (laughs) change colors when you were sweating. Like nobody really needs to know when you're perspiring and stink. So I think to those guys, they probably got what they deserve to not have any friends. Uh, And then 15% now, that's kind of a no brainer. I've mentioned it before. Those are dudes that have gone all in on pickleball. I honestly don't see those men's, uh, those those guys like coming back to reality ever, and uh, they're probably going to remain friendless. Unfortunately, I'm not happy about it, but it is true. 
Always wisdom from Matt. Our next story comes from the Sydney Morning Herald, Greg Callahan. Australian men over 50 are a mess. A long list of physical and emotional issues are plaguing men over 50 in Australia. Compared to women, men are three times more likely to commit suicide, and this rate increases as they get older. 50 is a turning point for many men, according to Carl Nelms, manager of Bloke Psychology in Melbourne. Carl says, The kids are leaving. Career ceilings have been reached. Marriages may be under stress or have broken down, and friendships with other males may have fallen away. This is a time when blokes ask themselves, Who am I? What have I achieved? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And what is the point of it all Matt Misery loves company and appears older men in the USA are not alone. What can we do to find some joy? Well, Lance, I don't think I have to tell you. Uh, It's pretty easy. You pop in an old VHS tape of your state championship game and you just sit there and realize you're a winner and you will always be a winner. And because of that, you don't need friends. You don't need emotions. All you need is a uniform and your trophy. And everything will be all right. That's that's what I do. I walk around and think about how I'm a state champion. Winners never die. Our next story comes from socialself.com. Victor Sander. What to do when you find yourself with no friends. Coming in at number one, challenge social norms of what it means to be a man. You don't need to be strong, independent, self-reliant, somebody who doesn't ask for help. You don't need to pretend everything is okay. It's not connecting. It's not relatable. Number two, be the one who initiates social activities. If you're waiting for another man to reach out, you're going to be waiting a long time. Just take the lead. And number three, consider joining a men's group to get practice being more open and authentic. Matt, which of these choices that I selected from Victor's article do you find most appealing? Well, I like the idea of uh, like taking the lead and finding a, like a social community. Just the other day, actually, a really, really nice guy I was at a bus stop and he encouraged me to join uh, a site, like a social site called Grinder. And all of a sudden I have like tons of male friends trying to get to know me and stuff. And I really feel like I've joined a community that really cares about who I am. So uh, that's my recommendation. You heard it. Let's get on Grinder. Our next story comes direct from the Centers for Disease Control. Older adults are at increased risk for loneliness due to the loss of family or friends, issues with chronic illness, and because they often live alone. Social isolation significantly increases a person's risk for premature death from all causes. Lonely people are more likely to smoke commit suicide, and have heart disease, dementia, depression, anxiety, and I will stop there. That's enough. Matt, loneliness is on the rise, becoming a new health epidemic. What can listeners of Seniors 94 do to survive? Don't quit smoking. That's probably the most social thing you're doing right now, standing outside by the ashtray with a group of your peers communicating about how your job sucks or your marriage sucks. Smoking is the only thing providing you with with a friend circle. So keep smoking for your health. You have to do it. Moose and trends, middle-aged man, moose. 
All right, welcome to the men's room, a place of great relief, Matthew. Matthew, we're talking about friendship today. Why so many men drop important relationships as they roll through life. Hit us up right away with where do middle-aged guys find friends? It's uh, husbands of your spouse's friends. It's uh, men that are dads of friends of your kids or classmates of your kids and maybe work, uh, but not necessarily in like full on friend zone, but like someone that you might relate to around the office. And that is, that's about it. Like that, that's generally how men find friends. Maybe you might have like passing by at the gym, some guy you become friendly with, or, you know, in your case, uh, maybe like in the sauna or something like that after a pickleball game. But it's generally parents of parents of, of your friends, your kids' friends, husbands that your wife, husbands of a friend of your wife that they're basically forcing you to hang out with. That's it. Yeah, so that, I agree with those. That's pretty typical when you have kids. How does it transition to a so-called real friend? And, and don't say you're circle Back. jerking in the sauna. Back or, to the sauna. No. Uh, how does it, yeah. So what, what's a, tra- what's a like a line of demarcation? What's a transition point for like you're talking to a dude for maybe a couple months and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that guy's my friend. Because that's a hard thing for guys. I have a hard time saying, oh yeah, that guy's a, that guy's a pretty good buddy. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, on a bit, on a high level, it's like, well, you might relate to them. Like you start talking about the Broncos or something. But there's a couple of things that you'll find with, when when the guys introduce you through your wife or through like some relationship with the school is the guy might say something like some other mom who picks up their kids there is hot. And then you're like, okay, now we're, now we're moving on, bro. <laughs> and then, or the other one is when they're openly bitching about their wives or kids. And then you're like, yeah. okay. That's good. Yeah. It's like, oh man, she drives me crazy. Because especially when when the when the dude has introduced you as the husband of your wife's friend, you're just kind of like, hey, everything's good. Afraid. You, you almost put them in the enemy zone for a while. Like everything you tell them is going to get back to your to your wife or whatever, uh-huh. right? So you kind of, you go, but then when they go, oh man, my wife drives me crazy. You're like, come here, buddy. Give me a hug. Now we can get, now we can share porn. We just, we just bumped it up a notch. So, yeah. For me, that's Looking, it. Like when they get real, though, is what it, what it comes down to. When they get real, right, right. Looking for those ends. For me, it was it's like if you don't reciprocate some of my slang, or it doesn't appeal to you, you don't laugh at it, or if I drop an f word and it just kind of flies over you, or I um, I just I I always would like to challenge a guy with the word cock. Well, something like you know, my cock is slinging. Uh, just something like that. That's a feeler out for you. That's a feeler (laughs) out, you would say. Yeah, but you know, because you're looking for, I mean, for me anyway, I'm looking for some sarcasm. I'm looking for some ability to talk, talk shit about things, make fun of things. Right. That, that I find the most connecting to start at least. Dude, Um, what you just said there is so true though. Like the first, the first time you say like a, a curse word around the other person and it flows fine, then that's another like, like lowering of the, of the, uh, like 
defensiveness. You're like, you say fuck, or in your case, you're saying cock. I, I don't really throw cock out there as a feeler, but it's like, fuck this. And the guy's like, yeah, man, but what a bunch of shit. And you go, all right, he's one of us. I can, mm-hmm. I can talk freely around this dude, you know, because he might hit you back with something like, don't take, don't, whatever, something religious or something like, we don't talk like that. And then you're kind of like, all right, dude, let's uh, end this relationship now, right? (laughs) Well, and then you have a vibe, right? You have a vibe and you're like, that dude's cool. You tell your wife, that that dude's pretty cool, man. I like that dude. And then this is where it seems to fall apart because the social norms for men are not conducive to these quick hit connections. So when a guy asks you, hey, you want to have a coffee? You know, a guy doesn't ask you like, hey, or you don't ask other guys, you want to go for a walk? You know, that's just not, it just doesn't fit. Right. And maybe it's, it's hey, want to, want to have a beer, want to watch a game and all that. But those are, those are often like two, three hour deals, especially when it comes to sports. So, so it falls apart there in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, you get you. I think you get content. Like, all right, I, I'm going to see this guy once a week at basketball practice, or I'm going to see this guy around. You know, whenever my wife plans a and their wife plan an event, and that's fine. That's cool. I like this guy, and when I have to hang out with him, I can I can handle it. And then you don't you don't go. I should actually try to hang out with this dude. You just go. All right, that's good enough. Or I don't even know if you actually say it. It's just the way it is, right? Like. I hope it's basically like when someone else is planning an activity, whether it's a kid's practice or game or your wife, you're like, I hope that guy shows up because I can, I can deal with his ass for like two hours. It's not somebody that bothers me. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what we call a good friendship. I can, I can deal with this guy for a few hours there. Right. He's, he's basically, he'll probably be at my funeral since I can deal with him for two hours. We're very close friends now. That's what it is. <laughs> but, but it's still like the idea of, it all revolves around other activities, not not plans that you have. We're not we're not good at after a certain age. We're not good at saying, "Hey, do you want to come out and play?" Like we're really good at. Till we're about twelve, and then we stop going. Hey, dude, you want to come out and play? And uh, and and for some reason, that's that's where it starts to like decline. Asking somebody to come out and play. It's true. Yeah, I have more than a handful of dudes that I actually uh, enjoy and enjoy their company. I think they're cool guys. We can talk about stuff that I don't, I don't do anything to connect with them. And what's at stake here, I guess, like we've in the news segment, we're talking about loneliness. It's, it's definitely a real issue. And yeah, I've got a, I don't know, lots of acquaintances do the different things that I do coaching or whatever, but like getting a real connection, like if I was in a bind, like who could I call or let's say I got cancer today or something, who, how many people would I even want to tell that to? Yeah. That's what you just said is, is, is really something like that, that, that's really, really what it is. How many people, how many people do you actually like reach out to for, for anything? And the answer is like almost nobody really. And that's a lot of men now. So I have one one friend that he keeps in touch with all of his high school buddies on a regular basis. Lots of effort to do it, but I, he's one of a kind. I mean, a lot of the other dudes I know are uh, isolated and 
it's it's I don't know. It's harder. Is to, he? Would you put him on? A, like, is he one of the more well-adjusted and happier individuals that you know? He's definitely in a good mood and up for a lot of stuff. I think he's social by nature. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I don't know, it's not like he's transcended the problems of life because he's done it. But yeah, he seems to be pretty help, happy and, and healthy for sure. Because I'm asking because I've spent a good part of my adult life under the impression that I really don't need like a lot of friends. Like I'm, I feel fine by myself. I feel I, it's not an issue for me because my wife is, you know, sometimes worried what, that I'm in Costa Rica and I don't really have people to relate to. And that, that leads to me being like kind of grumpy sometimes. And I'm like, that's not the case. I, I don't even mind at all. I don't feel lonely, but I am isolated. Is that... We're going to find out that that was bad for my health in like 30 years, you know? I think it has a potential for problems, but I I can't tell. I can't say for sure. You're kind of the same way, aren't you? I mean, yeah, I don't like, and I think there are other, many other men that just having some connections with some guys playing basketball and a few of them who ask you how your life's going, that feels good for a week. It's like, we don't need at least we perceive we don't need that much more where women uh, will get together and go on, will walk for two hours and tell, uh, tell each other everything. The statistics don't lie though. We're clearly not doing well and maybe we should adopt some of the behaviors women do. So I don't, I don't know. I would say that the kind of thing we're doing here where we're connecting pretty consistently talking about each other's lives, but it also has, it's channeled so that we don't have to feel uncomfortable about mm-hmm. it. And we're obviously getting over that by now, but under I the think, guise of we're doing something yeah, amazing. Yeah. I think men, they, they need that. They need that uh, it to be channeled somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it's hunting. Maybe it's you're coaching a sport with another dude. Maybe you're whatever. Yeah, I think it might be my experience now being in a foreign country and actually dealing with a lot of foreigners, Europeans and South Americans, Central Americans from my at my kids' school is other cultures are not necessarily having the issues that we are in the US because I have several groups of friends here that are that are lifelong friends from like kindergarten. And yep. they're and they keep in touch and part of it's just proximity in the u.s people are spread out over the u.s and you so you lose that and then you know so people here are not only close to their high school and elementary school friends they're close to like their aunts and uncles and all that stuff so like they have a these just built-in social networks and they don't they're not trying to be mentally healthy right it's not like setting out to like i'm gonna start taking walks with my friends yeah. they just stay in touch and they make it a point to stay in touch as that's just the way it is like they're not they're not hell bent to find like new friends when they change their identities in college in high school and then again in college and then afterwards they're just like these are the people I grew up with these are the people I enjoy and these are the people I'm going to probably die with and it's all good you know so you have like these 60 year relationships and and I don't know if we'll ever be able to get back to that in the US like with considering how spread out people are. Yeah. No, we're inundated with self-help in the U.S., but yet men were plagued by, I think, two things with respect to 
building and maintaining friendships. One is this new era of I'm going to be the greatest dad that ever lived. I'm going to see my kids through everything they do. And I'm going to be at home all the time. And, And I've actually confronted that with dudes that I like to hang out with. They're always doing something for the kids. It could be shuttling them somewhere, going to something to watch, who knows? And you just can't get any time. So that in of itself has to rebalance. Um, the other piece of it is is misguided perceptions about what other men can bring to the table. So my perception that has been longstanding is, you know, the only thing dudes typically want to talk about are sports shit and other dumb stuff that I'm not into. Because I like I like to get right into it. I like to know about people's lives. I'll talk about, uh, you know, vulnerability doesn't seem to be my weakness, and. Uh, I get that other men don't want to go there right away, but I can't stand all that surface level shit for very long. So I have that perception. Yeah. I have the perception. It's, I don't think it's true though. I think I'm being, I think I'm talking myself into some shit. So those two things, this obsession with being the greatest dad that ever lived. And then this feeling that other men can't, you know, can't raise the bar and have a good conversation. It's like there's no depth to the conversation, yeah. is, and that bothers you. But you, but well, you, so you, you are like perception. writing people. You're writing people off because of that perception before you even have a chance to see see if they they could bring something to the table. You think? Well, it's probably just how they roll initially that gets me thinking that way. What do they talk about initially? But I have to not be such a dumb fuck, right? Because men use those types of things as ways to initiate a conversation. I mean, you don't just walk up to a dude and be like, I have erectile dysfunction. How about you? I mean, you, you do say, how about, how about those bulls? They're not good, huh? Or whatever. Oh, I have erectile <laughs> dysfunction. What was your name again? Nice to meet you. Yeah. Sorry I led with that. Yeah, how about those bulls? And now, a short message from today's men's room sponsors, Mice Mates. Holy shit, Janine, you've got mice problems. Uncle Joe, I don't have a problem. I have a solution. Those are mice mates. My mice mates are biologically engineered mice that eat household crumbs and fallen food waste. Unlike an everyday house mouse, mice mates keep their poop droppings in their intestines until they return to the designated poop station in their mouse house. What the hell, Janine? Mice mates are way more versatile than other products. Can a robot vacuum collapse its rib cage and squeeze under my fridge to clean up food crumbs? No way. Can a robot vacuum burrow deep under my couch cushions and find that candy corn from last year's Halloween? Of course not. How about the pile of clothes laying on Bradley's bed? Only mice mates will find that half-eaten granola bar in his jeans. Janine, where's my goddamn whiskey? Did I tell you mice mates ignore packaged food and fresh fruit and will only seek out unwanted food waste? And Uncle Joe, mice mates maintenance is a snap. All mice mates are bioengineered to cannibalize their parents in order to prevent overpopulation in the mouse house. 
I simply remove parent carcasses along with the mouse poop piles each month. And other than that, I sit back and let mice mates do the work. What the fuck, Janine? I need another shot. Every day I marvel at the pace and frequency mice mates rummage through my house to find food waste. My guests are always blown away too. But most importantly, Uncle Joe, I never have to sweep or vacuum food mess again. I like that space of a relationship that 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 there's an easy relationship. I I do like that sometimes. Like I play basketball with a group of guys and there's no substance that I have to worry about. We 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 walk into the gym, we all hug each other and and, and you know, and we shoot the shit for 2 seconds, bust each other's balls, play basketball, maybe in our group chat it might be like we'll send a joke or something like that and that is it. That's like the depth of the the relationship and I love it. But I will say like two two of these guys Actually, a bunch of them now. When they found out that I was getting separated and everything, they they sat me down, reached out to me, and were basically like, "Anything you need." And I went through this, and I and I have some experience, and it was it was great. It was it was really nice, you know. And I have not taken them up on anything that they offered, <laughs> but pussy. <laughs> I have made it a point. Yeah, exactly. I have made it a point to thank them and let them know that it meant a lot to me. The only way that I've I found out that all these guys have so much to offer and to actually talk about and so much like issues going and so many issues going on in their life is when I just told these guys an issue I had going on. And you know what's even dumber? Not that my what's dumber is my four minute sentence that you're gonna have to edit. But but what's dumber is <laughs> the only way the only way this came up is because I was playing like shit. And and like I, I just, you know, I was not on the court mentally. I was thinking about my kids and how they're going to react to separation. I felt horrible and my wife and, and I was really upset and I was playing terrible. And a couple dudes were just like, dude, what's going on? You know, like, like get it together, play better. And then I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting separated right now. And I, and they were all like, oh, wow. No wonder you can't play. But I, so it was a poor athletic performance led me to actually be vulnerable. Right. Yeah. No, it's a great point. I think it was in one of the stories we were uh, making fun of, or you were making fun of. I was very serious about in our new segment about men feeling like they need to desperately be strong, independent, not ask for help. But interesting when you send a signal like that, um, I'm playing like shit. And then you have to probably instinctually give an excuse slowly, but surely you find out all these dudes have some shit, something. Right. And some of them just some. suck, dude. They could have no issues and they they wouldn't play well. I'd like to point that out. So yeah. yeah. No, that that's that's true. I just also, Lance, I'd like to point out the night the nights that I was playing bad. I'm still talking about like 20, 10, and 8. All right. So against midgets in Costa Rica, <laughs> let's be honest. There's some ballers oh, in shit. my group, man. There's some street. We're gonna have ballers. to edit that out. I said midgets. Yeah. Dwarfs. Yeah. You just offended so many different (laughs) cultures right there. It's amazing, dude. Why don't you start yelling about green cards or something? And and why don't you summarize everyone south of Texas as a Mexican while you're at it, Lance? How about that? (laughs) You know I can. You know I can. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, but I I had to go through that. 
Now, yeah. do you think women have to go through that? Like, what does it take to set a, a woman off to, to open up, to be like, I got separated? Like, they could probably tell the, the girl at the checkout counter, like, I'm not thinking straight today. I, I'm getting separated. They could tell anybody, right? Their, their social norms are just so much better for making those connections. Like, so, you know, my wife will will know pretty quickly if somebody's game and then it won't be hard or too long after where it's like, Hey, let's go to coffee. So she's a the pro vibe. Though. Yeah. The, but a lot of women are, it's like the vibe happens and it's like, let's go to coffee. Right. And you know, that's, that's just not what we do. It, it takes, takes longer. And I think that's why if, if guys, this is obviously not a self-help type podcast, but if, if dudes are in activities, that's a very good thing for for men. That I think that to me that's more important than like because that'll get you where where you need to be a lot. But you got to be out there in activities. Like yeah, you, and some of them have to be for yourself. This week's open mic is brought to you by the cucumber warmer. The Cucumber Warmer safely warms cucumbers to 98 degrees so your partner can do other things with it. When your partner needs to use a cucumber for something other than making a salad, they don't want to wait for it to warm in the sun or to expend the effort to hand warm it. The Cucumber Warmer is a 4 inch by 18 inch electric sleeping bag for cucumbers. Simply insert the cucumber into the bag, zip it closed, and push the on button. The Cucumber Warmer uses an ultrasonic sensor to measure the size of the cucumber and accurately distribute heat across the vegetable. No piping hot cucumber tips with this warmer. No cold cucumber centers either. Just perfectly distributed heat. Cucumbers are versatile vegetables for the home. Give your partner the gift of safe, timely warming so they can do other things with that cucumber. Welcome to Matt's Open Mic, where we are mining for gold once again. I'm going to start out with a little catchy little song parody that I thought of maybe 40 years ago. Uh, This should isolate almost all our listeners and maybe drive most of you away from your headphones right now. Here we go. See if you can catch what I changed and what the original song was. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Fuck this guy. Count the headlights on the highway. Lay me down in sheets of linen, preferably with Alyssa Milano. There you go, that's song parody number one. I will leave it up to you to decide what I did. Now that I am free to say what I want, as no one's probably listening anymore, let's go on to premise number two. You've all heard the phrase, in a New York minute, meaning I would do something quickly. Uh, It's so cold outside, I would take a vacation to the Bahamas in a New York minute. That's wonderful. Now what I want to do is I want to warn you, if you ever plan on approaching someone of the opposite sex and using the phrase, I would fuck you in a New York minute, you want to make sure that you're actually implying a heightened level of desire and passion for the other person and not a heightened level of ED or premature ejaculation. I would fuck you in a New York minute. It's like, hey, wait, where are you going? I'm just saying I want you badly. I'm not implying that I've got issues. 
All right, next joke. Actually, some more sagely advice. This is, again, for a specific group of people. Maybe two people in the world might understand this joke. Uh, this is for people that are giving online English classes to Japanese students. I found out the hard way. Turns out pumping sticks is Mr. Rabato in the background of your class is neither endearing nor charming to the Japanese students. Will actually get you a bad rating on the English learning website. In fact, many times the student will actually hang up and leave the class. And it's like, uh, Yoshi, are you there? Yoshi, are you there? Not a sticks fan? What, what's the problem? Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Jingles, commercials, and editing by Lance. Offensive comedy written by Matt. Mice Mates commercial music by Ad Nova. Mouse-related sounds by Yin Yang Jake 007, Darius Ketros, and Adam Amazing. Music on the Cucumber Warmer by Riker Mix. Laugh tracks on Open Mic, UNFA, Howard V, and Salone Gracie. Thank you for listening. <laughs>